This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Monday the 27th of June. Justin, Airbnb is going to give homeowners cash to make their rental homes Instagrammable. <laughs> and winners will receive a grant to make that dream come true. I like it. Brett, Samsung Australia will have to cop up $14 million for nine misleading ads about a water-resistant feature in some of its smartphones. Ooh. The trick, it wasn't really that water-resistant. <laughs> We'd hate to be on the end of that. Three truthful stories today, Justin. <laughs> Let's do it. For our first. The Sun Cable Solar Project in Northern Territory, i.e. the world's largest renewable energy system, Ooh. has officially been deemed investment ready. Could really be useful if that was ready now, Brett. What is the story? So Sun Cable is the world's biggest renewable energy project. It was founded in Australia in 2018 and had one big plan, and that was to power Singapore with renewable energy from the Northern Territory. Sounds like a lofty task. <laughs> That's because it is. <laughs> Get this. It's planning to use 4,200 kilometers of cable to transmit renewable power from the Northern Territory straight to Singapore. And yes, we literally mean a cable <laughs> the length of around 2.1 million Apple Mac chargers. <laughs> and Brett, it ain't cheap. <laughs> the project's expected to cost around $30 billion. Jazzy boy, it's in its early stages, but it's got backing from some of Australia's biggest peeps. We're talking Mike Cannon-Brooks and Andrew Twiggy Forrest as well. And Justin, once it's up and running, it's expected to generate $2 billion in revenue annually by 2028 and help Australia and Singapore through its energy transition. Lots of ticks there. So what is the key learning here? The global energy sector is shifting from fossil fuel-based energy sources mm -hmm. to renewable energy sources. Okay. Now, the energy transition has seen huge numbers of utility companies start to shift away from coal. Think AGL slowly, BHP slowly. <laughs> but it's also seen a number of new companies like Suncable mm -hmm. emerge to help move this transition along. And Brett, Suncable actually plans to replace imported gases with solar-powered electricity and reduce global greenhouse gas emissions by 480 million tonnes. And it could generate some pretty tasty investment returns over the long run as mm. well. For our second story, Juul has been banned from selling its products in the US. A bad day to be Juul here, <laughs> Justin. Tell me more. Okay, so we know Juul is an e-cigarette company founded back in 2015. In other words, they sell vapes. <laughs> and Brett, at the height of their vape game, they were valued at $38 billion. That was when Altria, the company that makes Marlboro cigarettes, mm -hmm. they bought a 35% stake in Juul for nearly 13 billion US dollars. But they meant since then, it hasn't been all smooth sailing for the folks at Juul. No, they've very much been under the microscope in recent years, mm -hmm. and that's because of the potentially harmful nature of their products. Recent studies show that while they're perceived to be better than traditional cigarettes, they actually are not. So now the regulators have pinned them down. Yep, the US Food and Drug Administration, mm -hmm. i.e. the FDA, mm -hmm. they've ordered Juul to stop selling products in the US. And as a result, Altria, the part owner of Juul, has seen its shares tank 9%. So what is the key learning here? Standards are highest if you operate in an industry perceived to be bad for society. We're talking things like gambling mm -hmm. and smoking and drugs. In fact, Brett, when it comes to smoking vapes in the US, companies have to prove that their products benefit public health to stay on the market. And what that means is that you have to prove that adult smokers who use the products mm -hmm. are likely to quit or reduce their smoking. And that teens are unlikely to get hooked on them. And Juzzy Boy, why is there such a high threshold? One reason, B-Man, mm -hmm. more than two and a half million US students used a tobacco product of some sort in 2021. And Justin, 80% of tobacco use was through vape-like products. But given the size of the US market for Juul, it's expected that their band of lawyers will most definitely appeal this decision. For our third and final story, Woolies aims to show new grocery delivery startups who is boss after <laughs> launching a new app that 
promises groceries delivered within an hour. Not sure how the likes of Milk Run and Milk Run will take <laughs> this one, Justin. What's happening here? Okay, so Woolies is obviously Australia's biggest supermarket, and this crew have actually been offering delivery options since the 90s, would you believe it? No, I wouldn't. Now, it's taking this one step further with its new app named Metro 60. Talk me through it. Well, it's going to offer door-to-door grocery delivery within an hour for five bucks. This is the first big-time corporate we've seen enter the more speedy delivery space. The big question is, Brett, will Milk Run and Volley's first mover advantage be big enough to fight off Metro 60? Good question. So what is the key learning here? A first mover advantage is when a company gains an advantage by being the first to the market with a product or service. And Justin, first movers are pretty much always followed by Uh competitors. Yep, those that try to weasel their way into the first (laughs) mover's success. For example, Amazon created the first online bookstore, Mm -hmm. which was hugely successful. But by the time competitors came into the space, Amazon had achieved brand recognition already and customer loyalty. Another example, Afterpay and Zip, they started in the buy now, pay later space back in 2014. But they had six to seven years of free reign before a big bank actually entered the space. So in the instant delivery space, most of the startups were only formed in the last 12 months. So they haven't had a big chance to build their brand or customer loyalty before the big behemoth Woolies has come into the space. Yep. Flux fam, the end of the financial year is here. It's always a time where we have questions about tax. So if you're in HR, people and culture or finance and getting lots of questions about this, we've got one answer for you. Flux at work. Financial well-being for employees, including tax stuff, which might save you lots of questions right now. If you want to check it out, head to flux.finance slash work. Or the link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.